Hello and hello and welcome back. Today we are joined by Alan Scott, who is head of physiotherapy at Hamden Sports Clinic. So, thank you for joining. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, I've known you for for a number of years, but I've never actually found out much more about you. So, whereabouts are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Glasgow, so I grew up in Glasgow and working in Glasgow as well there. I've had a little bit of a, a year down in Northamptonshire uh, a long time ago, but majority of my work in living life is all up in Glasgow. Right, okay. And um, then how did you get started into to this area in terms of physio? Oh, so probably when I was four, most people I think that get into physio tend to have some degree of sports background. So when I was young, I played a bit of football, not at any great level or so, but I had a few injuries, a few knee injuries, a few surgeries by the time I was 14, 15, and probably never really recovered particularly well. So I actually ended up working with two or three physios at different football teams I was with at the time. So uh, that kind of got me interested and I got to the stage thinking, well, I'll never be good enough to, to play, but how can I get involved in sport at an elite level? And the way in for me was, was physio. So when I was 17 then leaving school, um, again, got my hires and decided to go into physiotherapy that way. And so 17 started at Glasgow Cali Uni and then right through to 21 when I qualified. And from there, I've been lucky enough, just the usual background with working in NHS and then trying to do a little bits and pieces of sport to build up the um, experience. So I've been quite fortunate in my career. probably went down the sporting route relatively early, which I'm, I'm very, very fortunate and lucky for. Yeah. Who do you support? Uh, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I see no more. <laughs> and I work with them at Good. the moment, so I'll go with yeah. that. <laughs> Good answer. So in terms of when you chose to do physio, was that like, was it a competitive to get onto that course? Uh, yes, I think, again, the time going in at 17, you're probably unaware of how competitive it is. Um, Again, you do a bit of research for the course. You go to, I maybe applied to five or six different institutions. Um, was fortunate to get into Glasgow, which I stayed in anyway, Glasgow Caledonian. Um, I think at the time I maybe didn't appreciate how competitive, but when you speak to people and you find out how many have applied that maybe didn't necessarily get into it, who then maybe did other other kind of health professions, then um, I, I think it was, and it's certainly getting more competitive the more people are getting interested in it. So whether or not I'd get me my grades now, I'm not so sure. Yeah, and in terms of like the hires then, so just uh, again, I know people have taken them, but how does that? Well, what do you actually get when you're doing a hire? Because I've done that with A levels. Was a levels, right? So again, they're slightly. I believe the system might be slightly different now, but at the time when I was at uni, you would get uh, six points for an A, you'd get four for a B, and two for a C, and you had to reach over the course of we do hires in fifth year and sixth year up here, so you get kind of two goes. So I think I ended up with seven of them. Um, and what you do is you add up your points, essentially. Um, and some courses will stipulate that they require X amount of points for you to get in. And then once you do that, you go through, through an interview process um, with uh, uh, some of the university. And then at that stage, they will either offer you the position or not offer you as well. Slightly different in other universities. Some are harder to get into than others. Um, but the one I got within the two years of the hires, I was fortunate enough to get pretty much right on the, the money as far as the points I needed. And then I was able to, um, uh, to to get into the course there. One thing I probably would say is I never did biology at school, which I probably should have done. Again, when I hit fifth year, and when I was 15, 16 years old, I wasn't sure about physio. It was something, as I say, I was going through rehab at the time, but it wasn't like a burning ambition at that stage. And I think having done first year when we did physiology, a background in biology would have been a big, big help. Um, but got through it and ultimately anyway. 
Yeah. And then in terms of that, then, so you're saying about potentially having done um, a slightly different background for getting into there, but was the course what you expected? And did you have a, an idea of what you wanted to, to be working in afterwards? Uh, it was pro I think it's, um, it was harder than I expected. Um, and there was certainly the first couple of the years, the way the course was, it was very, very uh, information and sort of text-based. You had to learn, you had your Palestine anatomy, you had your physiology. It was a lot of information loaded. We didn't tend to see an awful lot of patients until we got to third year. Uh, and even now, I would probably class myself as got a hands-on physio. Um, so I quite enjoy that side of it, working with patients in rehab. Um, so I found the first two years probably tougher than I did the second two. Once we got out seeing patients and we got into hospitals and um, did different rotations, I really, really started to enjoy that with it. Um, and there was a little bit less of the, the kind of academic side of it from there then. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a tough course, but certainly rewarding from what, we, what I did. Yeah. And it's, it's a four-year course. Yes. we Again, I think it maybe slightly differs down south. Is that correct? Is that a three-year three, course? Yeah, three years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'd applied for... I'm sure Manchester actually was one, I think Newcastle, it's a long time ago, I've been qualified, I won't even tell you, but it's more than 20 years anyway, um, so it's a wee while ago I remember, so it's a four-year course up here, straight year, um, and after that you can go in and do any any kind of masters after that, or I essentially went straight into working with the NHS at that point. Yeah, I know, very good. And then in terms of that then, so your placements then, what, what, mm -hmm. what did you, where did you do for those? Uh, most of it again was around sort of west of Scotland, so we'd been in the hospitals. Um, there, there's been a kind of a, a slight change within the way the hospital system works up here at the moment. That they they've actually reduced the amount of hospitals and increased the size of two or three main ones within the area. So actually, we were quite lucky that we got a mixture of at that time working in the slightly bigger hospitals and working at your more community-based ones. So you'd maybe see. In the community-based hospitals, it might be elderly rehab, it would be maybe stroke rehab you would see. Um, in the larger hospitals, you'd be working more respiratory, working medical. Um, worked in, um, one of the ones I really enjoyed was actually um, working with amputees. So we had, um, after either injuries or whatever would happen, it was just taking them through that early stages within their, they're having their operation there um, and also fitting them in a prosthesis and trying to progress them on. That stage, we were probably doing three or four week placements, so you got a bit of your teeth into it, but you were never able to send and kind of see them, see them the whole way through from there. Um, and in some, in some um, uh, of the placements I did, three or four weeks was enough. I, I'm not personally, I didn't massively like respiratory. It wasn't my thing at all. However, put me in an MSK or a rehab setting, I would have quite happily done that a lot longer. And that's even the way my careers kind of went now. I, uh, even within my rotations as a junior, I didn't tend to go down that road. I tried to push it more from an MSK point of view. Mm. So when you did graduate then, what was what what happened then? Uh, so the last placement I did as a student was at a, what's called Gart Naval Hospital in uh, Glasgow, which is still there. And I've gone really well with um, a, the senior at the time. So I did an orthopedic uh, placement. I had done one MSK just before that. And I had the kind of, they, I think they had two or three jobs going at the time. And they kind of let me know that there's a chance that if I was applied for it, I, go, I, I did relatively well. So they kind of advised that I do go for the interview. And I, I did. And I was fortunate enough to, to get the job in there. My first rotation was in, was in outpatients as well. So I think I qualified in May and I started working probably mid-June. So I didn't really have an awful lot of time in between finishing. Uh, and going down to work and I've kind of worked right the way since uh, since then. Right, yeah, no, it's always good. Like when you take that job then, I know you've been there previously, but do you yeah. feel like you're 
you like nervous or do you feel like you're like, ready to go? No, no, definitely not. It took me years to feel as if I'm ready to go. Definitely. Even now we're learning that obviously you get more confident with it, but at first you would try you would look at your patient list for that day and everything was on paper at the time. There was no there was no online notes that you could access. And you would read through and you'd think, right, this person's going to come in with this, this or that. And you had the very, very basic knowledge and you would really have to um, research. So I'd spend a lot of time in the morning or in between patients trying to read up, right, this person's coming in with a tendinopathy, this person's coming in with a, a shoulder issue, this person's coming in with a, a mechanical low back pain. And you would just do your best to try and read as much as you can about it. Um, but uh, yeah, and I mean, for, for, for years, I would say that you're you're learning you're absolutely learning until you really get a degree of confidence that you can then pass on to patients as well um so yeah no it was it definitely was a tough start i would say but enjoyable especially because it was more in the msk side of it and um, with that you see quite a variety so i would probably say that's tougher if you're maybe working in a respiratory ward at first um you tend to maybe see cfs or you would see one maybe one area that the, the conditions are pretty similar i think msk you're thrown into it and it could be anything that you see Mm. Yeah, and so you think that was a good, really good grounding to to have that sort of exposure then? Absolutely, and then it, it, it does make a difference to people you work with. Um, so at that point, they made a really good department that we worked in there. There was another couple of juniors that started round about the sort of same time. There was a couple of people that were the, maybe a year above me at university as well. So I kind of knew them anyway, plus um, just having enthusiastic seniors who would take the time to, to bring you into their consultations. Um, which I found really helpful. One thing that I thought they were really good at initially is they didn't necessarily sit too much in with me. There's nothing, I think as a, as a junior physio, if you're sitting treating a patient and you've got your senior sitting in the cubicle with you, sitting there listening, I think that's that, that was a, that's difficult. It's a, it's, you're nervous enough, never mind that. So I felt going in with them and being able to ask questions at that time was really beneficial. And the way they worked that as well, they would maybe be about if I required them, but they'd never really be too much kind of um, in my face with it, which I quite like. I think that relaxed environment certainly helped me to, to learn. Mm, very good. So what do you do after after that job? Uh, so I did a few rotations within, I think I was in Glasgow for maybe 18 months or so. Then we moved down to Northamptonshire. So I worked in Kettering General. Uh, I got a senior two position round, so that was a junior. I actually went down there, sorry, as a junior as well to work in MSK. Within two or three months, I'd managed to get a senior two, and I stayed there for just over a year before moving back up. So one of the reasons was it was my, it was my girlfriend at the time, but my wife who is now. She got a job um, down south, so we, when she had the chance to move there, we thought, well, do you know what? Let's 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 give it a go and see how we go. I mean, potentially might have stayed there longer, but again, just with the way the job has worked out for her and both me. We then get another position up up in Glasgow. Um, but what I think working down in Northampton allowed me to do is co quite quickly go from a junior uh, physio to a, a static MSK physio, which is exactly what I wanted to do. So it really worked out quite well. And again, uh, the Department of Catering were brilliant, really, really good staff, good folk to work with. No one could understand me really for a while, but we, we got there in the end with it. <laughs> did, did you see any differences between like England and Scotland in terms of that physio? Uh, well, one of the things is actually, well, time I always remember that we had with patients. I'm sure down in Kettering we worked 20 minute appointments, which were, so it was 20 and 40 as opposed to 30 and 45, which even now I don't, I mean, we, we are working at kind of 45 minute appointments up here at the moment with it. So 
purely to see that volume of people and get them in and out, it was it was a definitely a, it was definitely a challenge as well. Um, waiting list wise, we were probably similar. I think we were always sitting probably six eight weeks round about that. Um, attendance rates would have been pretty similar. So. I think it was good just to work with other people. As far as how the old department worked, I think it was probably just more the time aspect that I find was, was, was different. But again, you very, very quickly picked that up. Yeah. Yeah, so when you moved back up, what was that to do? Uh, again, so I moved back up. I stayed within the NHS. So I worked in a, a kind of community setting outpatients, was there for another three or four years. Managed to get to a senior one level relatively quickly. Um, got a little bit frustrated, to be honest with you, at that stage with the with, uh, NHS. Um, so we were, they were piloting waiting list initiatives and it was round about the start of when they tried to move more to phone triage. So before we'd worked with a really good department, worked to get the waiting list down and then they introduced as far as a Glasgow wide, there was a, a couple of sites we did as a, as a kind of pilot essentially and I was working on one of them. And I just felt that when I'd spend maybe two or three afternoons on the phone to people and I would ask them, what, okay, what is it you've got? And as soon as they were saying me, as soon as they were saying shoulder, you would ask them the main questions, but you were just sending them something out. And I felt as if I wasn't really, uh, I didn't feel as if I was doing my job particularly well. I wasn't really enjoying it. And I, it was, I had no choice in it. That's the way the system was going. That's the way the service was going to try and cut down the waiting lists. And I probably, after about six months of doing that, I thought, do you know what? I've, probably don't want to do this anymore and then I moved into a, a kind of private clinic that I worked in which we could then just concentrate on seeing patients so um, I probably the last NHS I think it was six years or so and then that was the that was the reason that I'd left um, sometimes I regret it I think uh, if I'd have just stuck it out it might have changed but at the time I certainly wasn't massively enjoying that side of it. Mm. Well what do you what do you regret particularly then you what what do you think might have happened if you'd stayed there? Um, I think if I'd have just if I'd stuck it out, then I might have been a position of seniority. If you're managing to move up, you might have had the ability to to actually then say, right, in my opinion, this doesn't work. We need to be as a profession. I think even that's the case now. Don't underestimate how important um, your your clinical assessment or someone is. Even just spending the time seeing them face to face as opposed to over the phone is. Um, I think that was really really vital, and especially even now over the last sort of eighteen months, I've done a lot of video calls and a lot of video assessments. It's nowhere near same as what you would normally see and I think from a patient satisfaction point of view you get so much more out seeing you face to face obviously when it's safe and we've taken all the mitigations that we had to do um, so possibly if we come back to the question if I had stuck it out I might have had an influence over it as I became more senior but I was impatient I was 27 I think at the time 26 27 I knew I wanted to work in sport so I worked in a private clinic I then worked for one of the football teams up here part-time um, and thought, right, that's where my career's going. So then kind of shifted a wee bit more in towards the sports side of it. Mm. So when you did start doing that sport work, did you instantly think, yeah, this is what I want to be doing? So yeah, I was lucky enough, I worked with Rangers at the time. So uh, they had a new, relatively new training facility. So we worked with the youth teams, which was probably at that point, 15 hours a week. So we would do uh, injuries that they had, we would review right, so age groups from under 18s right down to kind of probably under 11s at that time. They would come in and train in the evenings and you would uh, cover games that were on as well. Most games, there'd be, there'd be something happening. Um, and we would also just treat injuries from there um, and just try and essentially you're patching the kids up at that stage. Again, it's mostly your load issues we were looking at. Um, so I worked there for 
again two or three years um, really enjoyed the sports side of it love football that's my my sport um, so it got me the kind of opportunity to see how that works and um, yeah and from there that gave me a good background in sport to then progress on to a full-time position afterwards mm. so is that what we do at Rangers then then so what was that like the mid mid naughty time then or so that the Rangers that would have been let me think now so probably 2004 probably to 2006 okay. round about then so uh, yeah no it was a good day a really good youth system they had a good team they were successful at that point as well um and uh, the medical department was just starting to grow there was maybe four or five of us were doing part-time stuff and it was a really good time I actually really enjoyed it you're a bit isolated because you tend to work on your own because at night you come in and you're like the covering physio so you maybe didn't necessarily learn an awful lot from other people but just to actually work in sport and, and get that experience was great yeah, because I mean, Rangers is obviously an absolutely huge club, and it's great to yeah. see them back back now um, in terms of. Oh, that was well before that. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I was working there. There was no signs of that at all. They were kind of pretty successful at the time, and the youth system was very well funded. Um, I left there 2006 to go full time with St Mirren, who were another team in the Premier League at the time. So that was full time first team physio. So that was a kind of natural progression. The club might not be the same size and stature, but as far as going into doing. A full-time role within a, a, a kind of a football environment as a, as a physio was, was something I always wanted to do and then as I say so I started with submitting in 2006 with that. Mm, yeah this you don't have to get too into this but like in terms of Scottish football obviously yeah. I mean it's absolutely massive when you think of like Gaza, Loudrup, all of those guys yeah. and then even even you know when, when you were there they're still like a very successful club um, like what do you what are your thoughts on 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 that, the way the Scottish football's gone? Uh, I I think that there was obviously, I mean, there's a lot in the press with it, and I probably don't know any more than has been written with it. I think the certain clubs were probably, we don't have the money as they do down in EPL, um, and obviously the finance that they're offering players has always been well above what whatever was up here, and there's maybe a couple of mistakes made about trying to chase that and attract players up. Now it's kind of stabilised with it. I think now that the sort of players that, were, that tend to attract to Scotland are appreciative that the, maybe the wages aren't there, but as a platform, if you do well up here, then the, you'll move down south. And I know even now that the level are still working um, sort of professional football to some degree, um, players are ambitious and they want to be ambitious to go to bigger clubs in Scotland and ultimately they want to go to bigger clubs in England or Europe. So I think as a, as a pathway for people to go, Scotland's a really good place to work. Um, very competitive as well. Um, with, with the football but it does give you a good a good grounding to kind of move on in sports and certainly from the players I've dealt with as well they certainly feel that. Mm. Yeah well Duncan Ferguson's my favourite of a player so I've got a strong affinity for... Uh... He wasn't here for long but I think he went down you guys and he's done particularly well and uh, he's still I believe he's coaching so he's um, yeah a good career. <laughs> yeah no definitely legends absolute legend. So in terms of football and so you at yeah. St Mirren how long were you there for? So I was full-time at Samarin for two years um, and at that stage again for any kind of physios that are starting there it's, you're thrown in the deep end so I had first team which would have been about 20 odd players I had reserve team which would be again another probably similar amount and I, we had the youth team which was their under 21s and there was one physio which was me uh, and that's really it was it was difficult because you're, you're, you've doing reserve games and Sometimes you'd be got Tuesday night up to Inverness and the reserve game at eight o'clock. You're travelling down, which is a four or three and a half, four hour bus journey, and you've been with the first team the next day. And that was kind of 
kept going on. Games at that time were getting changed for television, so sometimes they'd be on Sunday. So you were you're doing six, seven days a week. They were long hours. You were dealing with lots of. You were doing the, the training. You were doing rehab for players. There was no real assistance, and that was that was a big learning curve. I would say for two years, and it, it, it takes its toll. I think the more you do that, I had a young family. I think I had my daughter, who's is now sixteen, was was two. My son was just born when I was there as well. Was fourteen, and it, it's. It, probably wasn't compatible with a, with a family life from there. So probably after two years, and I learned lots and actually loved aspects of it. And the, the team we were with at St Mirren, we were always in the lower end of the Premiership. But two years we were there, we stayed up, which is a big, big achievement for them as well. Um, so it was really good. And you saw how happy the, the fans were and the players. It was a really good time. But I think after two years and realising look, kids are really important age to be about to help out, I thought, you know what? At that point, or I, I probably started to look for something else, and I was fortunate enough at that point to move into um, the, the job I'm in, well, similar job I'm in at the moment at Hamden Sports Clinic. So I say it's like in a private clinic within Glasgow, um, mostly based on sports rehab. But having done the background at Rangers, having done the background at, uh, at St Mirren as well, at different levels and the pressures that bring, actually to go back into a clinical setting working with other people was, was really, really good for me at the time. Mm. And I've been here now for. 12 years, I think it is now, so a little while. Yeah, that's no, great. Yeah, I'll ask you about that in a second. But in terms of St Mirren then, so when you would go in there, so you're doing physiotherapy, but would, yeah. would they give you complete remit in terms of like strength and conditioning? Was that something that was being looked at then? Uh, so that was the early stages. We actually had a, we had a sports scientist um, who, we actually had a couple when we were there, but the first guy I initially worked in was uh, a guy called Jamie Ramsden, who's been on the ice, fun, fun enough, as I went from Rangers to there, he went the opposite way in a, a year after me. He was really, really good. So my exposure to SNC before that was very, very little. And I think that's even when you it might be slightly different now, but certainly as I, when I was qualifying in the first few years of as being a physio, there was really there wasn't really much information. There was no tie up with SNC. Um, so working with Jamie at that time, he dealt with SNC and we tried to link in the rehab with SNC. So I would take them to a level. I certainly wouldn't keep hold of the player. I would want to push them relatively early on to SNC because there's a lot they could do with regards to kind of loading the, the injury and improving that way. And there was lots they could do that was out with injury. So they, they had to keep fit. They had to maintain their cardiovascular fitness. And actually working with a full-time SNC coach at that stage was, was excellent. It opened my eyes up to, to quite a lot. And even now, a lot of what I do and my rehab side of it has been learned from working with a variety of different SEC people, but Jamie would have been the first one I worked with, and he was, he was certainly very good. Mm. So then when you wanted to move to Hamden, then, what was it particularly about that? Because that's got a bit of a hybrid. I mean, I've been up to your facility, very impressive. You've got a very yeah. much elite sport um, feel to it as well. Yeah, I think it was... It, partly it was just that I just wanted the, the probably the change to go away from the... Certainly one of the reasons was the six, seven days a week, I wanted to see, right, Kids are young, five days a week from there I went to work. I wanted to have a mixture of sport. And I did, even though within football, I, I still really enjoyed the the previous MSK outpatient side of it. I, and I still, even now to this day, I still enjoy it with this. So that gave me the ability to do some sports rehab, to do some normal MSK outpatient stuff that maybe necessarily wasn't the sporty person. And also within the role here, I had the opportunity to start working with national teams. And I've been quite fortunate again since I've been here that um work with a lot of the different national squads. So that 
benefit is that you see them, you get to travel a little bit. Uh, again, the players that you get, you're, it's different because you're borrowing them from clubs and you really need to take care of them. Um, but you're not necessarily dealing with injuries. You're not rehabbing anyone. You've got them from a 10-day window or a 7-day window. And the focus of that of that camp is to keep that player fit, make sure they're ready to go for whatever that one game or two games, which is a slightly different way of looking at it to what I saw before. So I think by just getting back into the normal working environment, we're seeing patients working in sport um, and also working in national teams is, is the kind of probably three main reasons I, I, I decided to move at that point. Mm, whose shirt is that out of interest, number 19? I think, I've got a couple here. I think that might be either Kevin McDonald who played for Fulham or Scott McTominay at the time. So okay. played, the one I've got there, that was um, we played Belgium. Uh, Lukaku, Hazard, De Bruyne, and uh, I think we lost four at that point, four zero. Um, but uh, that, to be fair, they are they were an incredibly good team uh, at that stage. So I've got a few shirts kind of kicking about with just different ones from there. Sorry, I can't remember if that's Kevin. I think it might be Kevin, obviously. Yeah, no, very good. So yeah, so in terms of that, then what's the breakdown of your week then, or your your time? Is it is it a lot with the Scotland team or private clinic uh, or both? Not necessarily. So you know, I the majority of the stuff I'll do, I tend, I've done a bit with the first team, but the majority of stuff I have done in the last seven or eight years has been with under twenty one squads. So I manage at the moment Scott Camel from there. Then um, and Scott's an excellent coach, and I actually see from a, a person who likes football to go in and work in that environment where you see training and you see guys at the top level and how they tailor training is really, really enjoyable. As I say, I've always kind of even if you go back to what I was saying at the very start, football was always my thing that I enjoyed and. Uh, obviously got kind of a few injuries, hence why I laid into physio. So now working in that environment is, is brilliant. So I'll go away. You tend to work in international windows at the moment. So you've got your September, October, November, 10-day or 7-day camps where you're going away and you'll play whoever's in your squads. And then you have a bit of a gap right through to March where you've got another international window. And I think there's one just before the summer. So your time is relatively... Um, uh, you're there and you're there, it's intense, but the rest of the time that I'm not necessarily away with the squads, I sort of manage the clinic in at Hamden. Um, so I'm still mostly clinical based, but we've got um, obviously quite a number of staff, physios, podiatry, sports science, sports massage. Uh, my boss is a clinical director who's a sports medicine doctor as well. So management, patients and football, which I think is a really good mix and I certainly really enjoy it from there. Quite fortunate as well. Yeah, no, definitely. No, it's a great setup. So, what is that the the main sort of vision for the clinic then? Like, where where do you want to take it? Um, we we're starting to expand to an extent. So, we've recently uh, opened up a clinic at Glasgow University, which is in the west. So, we stay south side of Glasgow. Hampden Park is in the south side of Glasgow. So, Glasgow University is based over in the west end, which is maybe sort of four or five miles away. Um, and so, we've got a clinic in there now, which is a lot smaller, but we're starting to build it up. And also we have one within Strathclyde University, uh, which is a new clinic we've just started. It was due to start literally, I think it was April 2020, but it was put back. So we've really just started to run that this summer. And um, that's in the city centre of Glasgow. So probably my aims at the moment are to try and expand the clinic. So basically get us out there to more patients. Get We've got a good spread now within city centre with the West End and the South Side. So part of my aim at the moment is to is to try and expand on that and get good staff in that, that want to work and we're certainly very fortunate at the moment we've got a really really good team at Hamden who are pretty static we don't get an awful lot of turnover but we're in the process of trying to expand and we're, we're advertising at the moment for, for more staff just as we're trying to build on as well. 
Oh, great. No, it's good. Well, Strathclyde, I remember doing some work. They've got a prosthetics department there, haven't yes. they, as well? Absolutely. So they've got, a, I had a tour of that actually a couple of weeks ago. The facilities there are absolutely fantastic. So they're doing a lot of research stuff. Um, and actually one of the uh, one of the people that works in there had spoke to me just about, I think it was like, actually ankle instability it was, and how we could probably tie in within that. So that's at the early stages. But they, their facilities they've got is, is honestly second to none. Um, we are slightly different as our clinic is more based within the, the new sports department. So they've built a, a brand new gym uh, facility, a pool, gym. Um, they've got um, just as you everything you would expect from a kind of top class university from there. And they are trying to, uh, they're, they're kind of sports scholars that they have got. They're really trying to build on that as well then. And how we can help them is to try and provide the kind of sports medicine expertise if they do have any issues with the rugby teams, the netball teams, the athletic teams. And we'll try and provide a service for them there as well as having a clinic that's open to the public. So it's almost like a little hybrid model where we'll work, yes, with the university athletes and the university students, but also we're also open to the public as well from there. That oh, sounds great. I look forward to coming in and seeing that when, when, uh, when we're able to do so. In terms of for you then, like, have there been any particular people, whether it's in the medical profession or not, any athletes you've worked with or patients that have been like, inspirational to you or that have had a big impact on you? Uh, good question. I, I think I think it'd be really unfair just to kind of pick out one or two when there's been, I mean, so many different people that have kind of probably worked from um, over the years. I mean, if you really push me on it at the moment now, um, our clinical director, Dr. John McLean, who's, um, he works, he's, the, he's been with the first team for Scotland for oh, a number of years now. John has been, has been great. So I've got good relationship with him that anything as far as from a management point of view, we go to him and he ultimately make the decisions, but we kind of bounce off each other well. But also from a clinical point of view, having actually a really experienced sports med doc, but you can ask if it's out with my comfort zone, I'm not sure. I know he's two rooms away and we can and we can certainly chat from there and I think from a patient point of view that's another real bonus that we have within the clinic so if it's something out with the, my field of expertise or I think that you know that's more medical than physio I, I'm not sure about that or what tests do we need to be asking if they're going for bloods or or for scans so I think just getting that information from John so I would probably say him um, Going back um, sort of years ago, I, I certainly the, the seniors I initially worked with as a, uh, just when I was starting to qualify uh, were very, very influential as well. And they kind of certainly prepared my interest a little bit about what, what was out there and how I could learn and how I can improve. So, you know, a lot of people, um, and I think as a, as a physio, you need to learn off the good ones, okay, take what they need to do and you need to tailor it yourself as well. Um, but there's a lot of people, really, really good and influential and enthusiastic people out there that I've learned from that I'm very thankful to have worked with. Mm, great. No, well, I really appreciate your time today. So thanks for fitting me in in your lunch break. So I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I'll look forward to coming up and seeing the new centres uh, when, when you're up and running. Yeah, no, we look forward to having you up. We look forward to people getting back into, as well as we're doing a lot of stuff on Zoom. It's, it's nice we're transitioning back into to kind of face-to-face -face stuff a lot more now and seeing yourselves and anyone else would be, uh, be good. Perfect. Great. Appreciate that, Alan. Thank you. Thanks for that. Cheers.